Welcome to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. In this program, we take a fresh look at some of today's challenges from the economy, education, politics, security, defense, and much more. You'll be prompted to see and think about things just a bit differently. Now, here are your hosts, Ambassador Harry Thomas and Chief Alex Morales. Welcome to The Spotlight. We are your hosts, Ambassador Retired Harry K. Thomas. And I am the Chief Alex Morales. Hey, Harry, today we have a great person, great entrepreneur, uh, female empowerment. It's Miss Gretchen Bauer, the founder and owner of B. Swaski. Welcome, Gretchen. Hello, welcome, Harry and Alex. It is B. Swanky because there's no other way to be. Wow. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us for a little while. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start picking up. Can you please tell us about yourself? I grew up outside Philadelphia and had a career in the interior design business, and I absolutely loved it. And then I moved to Sarasota, Florida, just over six years ago and continue doing interior design. And it came to my attention through my house painter in my design business that he actually gave me a bag uh, to thank me for all the work that I had given him as far as painting. And it was a bag made by his family. And he shared with me that his family was in a terrible situation in San Antonio and had left a sweatshop Yes, there are sweatshops in the U.S., and they were handcrafting bags in their homes and being paid pennies on the dollar, uh, less than minimum wage to do this. Oh, wow. And so I decided to fly out to San Antonio, Texas from Sarasota. I partnered with these dynamic immigrant women, and we started making handbags just over three years ago launched in Sarasota, Florida, and what happened is 35 handbags were purchased the very first night. That is impressive. Hey, Gretchen, that is a fantastic story, but let's go back a little bit. You just didn't get to Sarasota. What were you doing in Philly? Philly? Um, Where did you go to school? Were you married, children? You know. Great life. Tell us the deal. You just don't you just don't parachute into Sarasota. No, no. Uh, that's a great question. I started at Vanderbilt University and then I went on to Philadelphia College of Textile and Science, which is now Thomas Jefferson University. Great and soccer I, team always. Yes, really good soccer team, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I graduated from Philadelphia Textiles. I went to graduate school there. I went for business for both college and graduate school and with a marketing concentration and loved it. And then I got married very young at 21 years old and had my first child at 22 and um, second at 24 and opened a design center, interior design center at 25 years old and got into the design business that way. 
Well, Philadelphia Textile is great, great school, great soccer team. Even the former manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, Whitey Herzog, went there. So, you know, I, I know it well. I know it well. But you, uh, my neighbor, next door neighbor's daughter is a Vandy, a Vandy girl. You, you look like you, you could look like you go to Vandy a little bit. You know? <laughs> mm, that was so yeah. long ago. <laughs> well, Nashville has really changed since you were there. I tell you. Uh, you, you, you would be able to sell a lot of bags in Nashville today. We do. People purchase yeah. from Nashville. We have a really incredible customer base in Tennessee. I can, I, it's, really, it's really come up. Really come up. I, I surprise Alex with Philadelphia textile industry. <laughs> you never know, Alex. Uh, be swanky. It is. It is. We are impressed. Uh, you know, my wife is from the Philippines and they get bad uh, rap because Imelda Marcos had 3,000 bags. <laughs> Every Not Filipina has 3,000 bags. <laughs> you know, we had a woman purchase her 18th Be Swanky yesterday. I can believe it. <laughs> wow. I can believe it. That's great. We love business. Yes, we do. <laughs> and that's, it's interesting because our clients have become collectors. They mm-hmm. see that they are handcrafted. There's contrast stitching, the details, 172 components in each handbag. And they appreciate that. So they, they, they believe their investment pieces, piece of, pieces of art, something they can hand down like an heirloom. So Imelda would have probably owned at least 100. Oh, yeah. Business would have been good. You know, your story reminds me of a guy I met, uh, the, the co-founder of Paul Mitchell uh, Shampoo, who um, also was founded Patron Tequila. Right. And it was the same thing. People he met right on the border of the U.S. selling bottles and selling tequila in old bottles. And the rest is history, you know? And. His shampoo is pretty good also, although I wouldn't know. <laughs> so I leave that to Alex. Well, but okay, you talk about a little bit, but let's go back. Uh, who were your role models? Just to give you a... Um, well, my grandmother growing up, she was uh, a graduate of, she went to graduate school. She graduated top in her class, which that long ago, that was unheard of. Um, and she went on to become the highest paid woman in the state of Ohio. And she was always so put together and she operated in such integrity and with such class, but commanded such respect. It was amazing to see her as a young woman. That is impressive. So now that we jump to that, please, how the Beast One Key came up? Came up? Just, I know you talk a little bit, but let's go back. So how did okay. it came up? So, you know, I talked about partnering with these women in San Antonio and helping to elevate them. That was the whole point. I just, I still am shocked to even say that 70% of U.S. garment facilities are classified as sweatshops. So that, finding that out and becoming aware of that was shocking to me at the age of 50. I didn't start be swanky until I was 50 years old. And it was, it's not a job. It's not a career. It is my calling. It's my passion. And I never walked a day in the lives of the women that I work with. And I started with, they, they are resilient. 
They come from other countries. They come from having the language challenge, the socioeconomic challenges. And to see how they can rise above it, come from such a place of gratitude and optimism and be so incredibly creative, um, that's what Peace Wanky is all about. And that's what we continue to do in Sarasota. The women in San Antonio, I, I had a challenge with the distance. And so they understood that. And so I said, I'm going to open in Sarasota. I left them with the building. I left them with the machinery. And those women drove clear across the United States twice to train the women here and pass the torch. That's amazing. What, what made you start your, your business from, you know, jumping from uh, interior design to the fashion? It's kind of similarity, but what, you know, let's say, well, I'm going to make a bag company. No, fashion. no, it, it's what I said that the women, finding out that women were able to make a bag because David had given me this bag, my house okay. bag. So to see a bag that was well-made and realize that these women weren't even being paid for it properly, I saw an opportunity. I saw a huge And it's interesting because we just had a woman, Sally Altraki, join us. And she's been with us four months. And she was the head of international advertising and marketing for both Gucci and Prada in Milan. She joined us because she never thought she'd get back in the fashion industry. She joined us because she saw the culture we have and the quality and craftsmanship of our handbags. And she said, I have to get involved. That is impressive. Go ahead, Henry. Hey, Gretchen, tell us a little bit more, two questions, a little bit more about the women in San Antonio and Sarasota and also how you enticed Milan is like Florence, fashion capital, how you enticed her to come uh, to work with you in Sarasota. But tell us more, humanize these women in San Antonio and Sarasota. Oh, my gosh. The women in San Antonio, they were all family. And the matriarch of the family, Adelita Rodriguez, she came from Monterrey, Mexico, and grew up one of 10 children where she was the oldest. And she grew up going to the dump with her nine siblings behind her as her parents both worked and she had to find their clothing, their shoes. She would find leftover food and tortillas and bring them back and they would have to reheat everything to survive. So here's a woman, you want to talk about someone that's been through a lot. You know, uh, my life has been uh, uh, so easy compared to this. And this woman with a beautiful smile on her face and we just showed a photo of her on social media recently Um, spotlighting her, never a hair out of place, put together, beautiful smile. For her, it's about family. And so when she came to the United States, she couldn't, oh, she was very successful in Monterey, Mexico, and they had to flee because of the gangs and, and the violence. And so when she came to the United States, because she knows no English, um, she was treated poorly. And she could not do the great thing she was doing in Mexico. She was a sales leader there. And so she took her family and she was forced to go work in a factory. And this factory, you know, touts that it's made in the USA and made properly. And it's not. It's not. It's, it's criminal what they do. And so she is all about family. And she didn't stop for a minute. When I met with her the first time, and I drove three miles off road where they live, sand roads and crazy where it was really exciting and adventurous to go there 
But when I met with her the first time, she, she had a phrase, she said, it's difficult, but not impossible. That is, that is a, an incredible way to live. Nothing is impossible. And on the walls here, we have the word impossible written and separated, I'm possible. So it's the way, it's her perspective, her resilience, and her coming from such a place of gratitude and appreciating everything that blew me away and I had to work with them. That is fantastic. I, wow, I'd love to meet her myself. What a great story. What a great story. You know, you just mentioned something, and this is kind of like a side note, I always tell Harry that that uh, people really think, or the 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 message is that immigrants come here to take advantage and not to hard to to work hard and do you know have a better life. And you're just describing the American dream from from looking through the trash to helping develop a company to develop a culture of a company to 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 help, which is is amazing to me. So I I thank you for helping them. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And then the women here that Harriet asked about in Sarasota, we have uh, a woman from uh, Peru. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, Peru. And then we have a woman from outside of Russia. And they we have Russian and Spanish spoken. And then we have a woman that is from the United States. <laughs> but we have the, the two immigrant women and... They, they inspire me every day. They are creative. They laugh. They, they are challenged by communicating with each other. But the one language they have is they, they laugh a lot. They smile. They encourage each other. And they collaborate. And when you let go and you allow them to, um, and you don't micromanage them, what you get with productivity and with creativity is I can't even explain it. It's it's I'm not able to describe it because it's we keep elevating everything and they keep blowing me away with what they want to do. They make their jobs harder. They give themselves more work because they want to be the best in the world. And with want to be the best, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to the Spotlight. And we're back with the Spotlight with Ms. Gretchen Bauer, the CEO and founder of B. Swanky. Go ahead, Harry. Gretchen, in the tremendous first segment where you really impressed us with your life story and your concern for others and your ability to uh, become a successful entrepreneur, you also talked about how you were able to recently recruit a woman who worked with Gucci and Prada and who get her back into the fashion industry. Um, Most people just come for money. But how did you entice this new colleague to join your company? It's interesting. She did move to Sarasota, so she was already here, and she had no intention of entering back into the fashion industry. And so a mutual friend connected us and said, you know, there's a handbag design house in Sarasota. And she chuckled. Oh, sure there is, you know. And... (laughs) And she she blew it off. She really didn't have any interest. So the friend reached out to her again and said, really, I have two of these handbags. I really think you ought to consider looking at Be Swanky. So she said, fine, I'll go see it. And when she walked through the front door and saw the products, she was extremely impressed. But she didn't decide that it was a fit until we opened the door to the back of the building our atelier, and she saw the, the artisan women working, laughing, music playing. You know, we provide food. She just saw the culture, and she saw, she said it was reminiscent of Gucci in the 1990s, late 90s, when they were truly handcrafting their products. And she said, I have to get involved. She said, Gretchen, you're the real deal. This is an authentic story. And I want to be part of it. That is fantastic. Fantastic. Over to you, Alex. So are you the designer too? Or the ladies come up with design as a collaboration or how the crazy idea? Do you have a whiteboard where you could write and put stuff (laughs) and look at the model and say, ah, we don't like it. How's the process? You know, it's funny. It's an extremely organic process. And sometimes it is... We're all designers. I have to be honest. I'm the lead designer. I select um, most of the materials that come in the building. So everything from the python, the stingray, the alligator, the exotic materials, the Italian leather, I'm selecting everything and especially getting all the samples and connecting with the suppliers. Once the materials enter the building, it is amazing it's almost like watching remember that old commercial you got your chocolate in my peanut butter and it happened the (laughs) peanut butter cup happened that is what a day is like at be swanky and the funny thing is is that the women i went to naples today on a field trip with sally um that's working with us and i was gone well 
who would have thought while I was gone, what would happen? They said, Gretchen's gone. We're either going to be in a lot of trouble for what we do, or we're going to make something really great. But that's the culture we've created. And I have to tell you, Harry and Alex, they improved products again, and they were giggling. And they said, we tried to present this to you before, and you said, no, no, no. And so they know that I'll say no a lot of the time at the beginning. And I said, keep bringing it back to me. But the materials, the way we coordinate them, the designs, Kathy in our building from Peru, she has designed a cuff that is unbelievable of python and eel skin, a wallet she made from scratch that is gorgeous. It works for both men and women, and it's in python. And then Natasha secretly painted in a corner of the building during her break, butterflies, and one of the nonprofits we work with, Blue Butterfly House, that we do a, a give back bag to, she is now painting our Blue Butterfly bags. That's oh. how it's amazing. So it's, a, it's totally a group effort. And now we have a woman, Eileen Wood, who is, has the most valuable handbag collection in the world. She's going to come down and help get involved with our design as well. Who is Eileen Wood? Eileen Wood is the founder and creative creator of the personality exhibit that is a museum exhibit that's traveling across the country. It's currently at the Coral Gables Museum. If you haven't seen it, my gosh, it's amazing. It's got handbags up to $175,000. And we are so lucky. We have three handbags in the exhibit and Eileen Wood carries one of our handbags now. <laughs> that is awesome. That's the best advertising you can have. Oh, yes. Yeah. She said she. we are the bags to invest in. That is great. Alex? Wow. I'm just amazed about the story, how the transition, how you manage it. and But like every other business, you have to have, you have to face some challenge. What are the challenges that you faced when you were starting up? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What challenge didn't we face? Um, manufacturing in the U.S. is not easy. It is, it is not easy. Um, it's predominantly a, a male-dominated industry. So when I was purchasing machinery in Texas and other places, I wasn't taken seriously at the beginning. And so I found out that I'll be... Um, I guess people will underestimate me and that's okay. I'll see it as, as, as an opportunity, but I had to go back and forth. I was told by certain places that they weren't going to sell to me. I mean, the story goes on and on, but we've had, I've had challenges that way. Um, we've had challenges with language, you know, and for everything, everyone I, I work with different languages. We've had challenges entering into a relatively, closed marketplace of designer handbags. It is one of the most competitive arenas you can be in. And to come in as a, not just a designer, but actually crafting them here, people didn't take us seriously at the beginning. Yeah, people I think is, they were, they were probably telling you, why are you doing it in the U.S. when you could do it cheaper somewhere else and, you know, and faster, right? Absolutely. And And it came to my attention, even, you know, some people are saying, oh, I'll only buy an Italian bag, but they're not aware that a lot of, and you guys might know this, but a lot of people don't, a lot of the companies that have 
made in Italy, made in Paris, made it's in France. It's outsourced. <laughs> well, you know what they did? No, it's it's even worse. They they took the the um the the seamstresses and artisans or the the factory workers from China. They moved them to Italy, set them up there, didn't treat them much differently, and then can stamp made in Italy on there. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's that's not. In my opinion, it's not right. So we have the opportunity to compete with the big boys now. and We are. People are leaving their, they said, I can't even look at my Gucci anymore once they have a be swanky. I'll never carry another bag. So we're excited because we're in that world right now. But at the beginning, I mean, this has been three and a half years. Um, I was told to leave stores. I would go in stores. I would set up appointments in boutiques. They would say, please leave. We're not interested. Wow. But you know what? I always tell Harry, I'm a small business too, and I always tell Harry, is only take one yes, and no is an answer. You might not like it. I'm serious. Uh, you might not like no, but it only takes one to say yes, and all of a sudden, you, everything's changed. So I'm happy that you continue fighting, even though people were telling you no, you know? Oh, I, uh, I never took it. Exactly, Alex. I just took it as no for now. And I moved on and some of my coworkers at the time, these women would look at me and they'd say, you're not upset. I said, oh, no, no, no. I'll be like pretty woman in about five years and be like, big mistake, huge, huge mistake. <laughs> <You know? laughs> How do you like me now? That's basically right. That's what right. Go ahead, Harry. Well, Gretchen, is your company privately held or publicly held? And if so, do you have plans to take your company public? Oh, that's a good question. Um, we are privately held, and we just had, uh, we've had one investor, and we just had a family where uh, the family, within a week, purchased four $3,200 Python handbags, experienced them up in Pennsylvania, and contacted us and said, we want to get involved. So they are, we're looking to put it out um, for a capital raise, hopefully, in the next uh, six weeks. Wow, oh, wow. That's, that's pretty quick. That's fantastic. Thank you. That is fantastic. There are so many great stories these days of uh, uh, people investing in small small companies and making them large and successful. Oh, it's so we wish you we wish you the best of luck. And uh, if that's the case, will you keep working? <laughs> I will, uh, it does not work. It has never worked for me. I run around and I, again, I love it. It's, it's, um, it's an adventure. It is a complete adventure. So is, are, are your, are your two, you had two children, you said. Are they involved I, in the business? Three. three. Are they involved? Um, no, I have two grown sons outside of Philadelphia, both married. Uh, and then I have a daughter here who's 17. And she might get involved because... She wants to go into the film industry, and we were just contacted by a major documentary filmmaker where she is meeting with us the middle of this month to pitch to Netflix a documentary about Be Swanky and Amy Seawee, our Python hunter, which is a whole other part of this. And so she's coming down to consider doing this and, and loves our story and and everything that's going on about our company. That's great. We, a, coo a couple of weeks ago, we, in, we interviewed two of the executives of the uh, Golden Globes. Wow. 
They, yeah. they, told, they, they were our guests. They told us a lot. And we know they were excited two days ago. Uh, so that is great for you, for you and your daughter. Um, Alex and I work with another, another gentleman. I'm from New York, so I root for the New York sports teams, especially the Giants. But <laughs> your bio. Our, our, our other partner's uh, son plays for the wide receiver for the Eagles. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small world. It is a small world. Alex. If you mentioned that your daughter is 17, is she going to college right now? Is she going back? Or is she studying? Or is she a high schooler? She's a senior in high school, and she has been accepted to all the colleges she applied to. And so she's got to make a choice. So I'm very excited for her. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I got one is 18. She just uh, finished her first year in UCF. And oh, she's, great. she's, uh, she's 18 going on 35. <laughs> <laughs> she need a handbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, believe me. Uh, my wife, uh, already know about your company and she is, uh, uh, she liked that type of taste. So okay. <laughs> I'm probably uh, uh, be visiting your area, especially where we go. Most of the time we go out there to uh, uh, Brendanton Beach and Anna Maria Island. So we're in that area most of the time to go to the beach and stuff like that. So why did you decide to make it in the U.S.? Um, that was it's all based on these women. Everything is based on the women. And it's funny because people have said similar things to you, you could outsource. And what I want to stress is we truly are the manufacturer. A lot of companies say we are a manufacturer of this. They might design it, but they outsource this to, to other factories. And you know what? At one point when we were leaving San Antonio, I looked into uh, making it in another facility. And when I visited three factories and I saw the conditions and the lack of joy and the culture of these places, I couldn't do it. And I said, let's open up here. I had no experience in managing something like this. or, But right from the beginning, I said, well, let's do it. Now I get to feel like Willy Wonka. We open up our door for tours. People come through. It's exciting. Wow. I, I took a chance to look at your, uh, you have a video on your website that says uh, how we make our bag or how's the bag mm -hmm. is a manufacturer. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing how everything is laid out and how, you know, you take them from the beginning up to the end product. And I, I think the message is well, well, well given, you know, well, well presented. And it's, uh, it, it is very rare when you see a, a manufacturer in the U.S., as you know. Would you mention something that was very, very, it touched me. You said that you didn't know that in the U.S., manufacturers were not paying minimum wage at least. No, they pay and by I, the... Mm -hmm. They pay by? They pay by the piece that is manufactured. So that enables them to pay less than minimum wage. They don't provide breaks. They do not have um, safe conditions Sanitary conditions, they don't provide snacks, water, things like that. We do all of that. We do catered lunches. We do um, flexible work schedules. They, can, they, they have Fridays off. They don't work on Fridays. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. And Fridays off, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to The Spotlight. And we're back with the spotlight with Ms. Gretchen Bauer, the founder and CEO of Beast One Key. Go ahead, Harry. Hey, Gretchen. In our uh, one of our earlier guests was uh, one of the co-founders of FUBU, and he told us about the successes and failures they had, but mostly the failures at the beginning, with numerous banks. Numerous stores saying no, and even when Macy said yes to a $300,000 order, they only made $10,000. They didn't know the business, but of course, the rest is history. Um, have you experienced those type of challenges with banks, with credit lines, uh, with expanding your business? How did you overcome them? And how also, you, you also spoke about going to stores. How did you, how did you get them to uh, start ordering from you? Oh, my gosh. We had so many challenges. We did it backwards in a way. Most people develop a product and then hope there's demand. I developed a product with not only that, with me having the facility, hoping there was demand. (laughs) Totally backwards. But it was a passion and I knew we could do it. And I had been paid for design my whole life. So I'm pretty good at knowing what looks good and what functions. But when we had the product and it it was purchased by 35 people the first night, then it stopped. And I had to learn how to market it, how to get it out there. So, Harry, I must have gone to, um, in three and a half years, I'd say 200 stores nationwide. And I went everywhere from Dallas, San Antonio, Chicago, Philadelphia, East Coast of Florida, up and down. I've been everywhere. And I heard no from about 90% of the people. And the 10% of the people said yes when I was there. But then with the follow-up, they said, we've decided no. And I even said, just put it out. Don't pay me. Trust me. Someone will purchase it. 
And they will love it because our customers, the ones that had them, were the only ones purchasing still. And they bought multiple. So we've always had people that collect and buy multiple. But Harry, it was scary. So I pulled in my brother who was a, uh, he was a big guy at Xerox, ran a big company in Dallas for Xerox. And he coached me on sales. So it turned out that I did everything short of selling them on the street corner, okay, to make this work. And I actually got to see Damon John speak. So I know the story Mm -hmm. and I got to meet him. Pleasure meeting him. What a great guy. Every failure we have had has led to us being better and a success. I believe in karma big time. And fast forward to now that even just three weeks ago, Hard Rock Casinos in Tampa put out four of our handbags. Within one day, three were purchased out of four. They have now purchased many, many handbags, and we have a great relationship with them. And that's just one of the many stories. But most of the people that have worked have come to me because the owner of the the incredible boutique bought a bag and, and experienced the compliments, the performance, the luxury, and that's how it began. But I, I heard no. I, I can't tell you how many times I heard no. I was used to it. <laughs> Well, one of my uh, uh, great bosses had worked as a door-to-door spray pan butter salesperson. (laughs) Everybody said no. But he said 40 years later, that was the best experience he ever had. No (laughs) didn't bother him. He just kept going. (laughs) So you sound like him. Oh, my gosh. And it's it's funny because I guess I just don't take things personally. But right now we have it where, and I I don't take it for granted at all, where, you know, people calling up to purchase their 18th handbag that is a limited edition $4,600 exotic python bag, thinking nothing of it. I am so grateful because I know what it took to get here and I wouldn't change anything because it's been an incredible journey and it continues. Well, you are truly blessed, Alex. I, I'm just amazed and so, in, in, in some extent uh, speechless because uh, the energy and, I mean, as, again, as a small business, I see the challenge, I see the no's, I see the doubts, you know, because you're not an established brand and all of a sudden when people are making it, it's like it's rewarding to see that the other people are doing well. But as you mentioned it before, you, you mentioned that you decided to do something here in the U.S. and jump into such a competitive uh, business field, knowing that it was competitive. What make you think like, okay, I'm going to jump in and just see what happened. You know, I, I know we can make it happen. What because was those thoughts? I am competitive, Alex, and I know that anything I set my mind to I do it to the best of my ability. And we operate under the Kaizen Japanese method here, where we are on constant improvement. And even the women that buy the bags. So I'm competitive with myself. I've been, I've been quoted as saying, fine is a four-letter word. Fine is not okay. And both of you guys with a military background, you, you understand that, I think. Like, I, I want to exceed expectations. I want to improve myself. And so I have several coaches that are involved with me helping me get better. 
And I want everyone in the building, in fact, as a leader, your role and my role is to make everyone around me better. So I, I see that we, we can compete and we will, we are competing. We are, people are trading in their Gucci's and Prada's for Be Swanky. That, and that is amazing. I, I always say that, like you said, I always look at myself in the mirror and I'm my biggest critic. So, <laughs> and I look at myself and I look at the room and if I am the smartest guy, I look for another room because I'm <laughs> in the wrong place. Uh, so I, I, I great advisors. That's it. Yeah. And I do. I, I, I got guys like Harry that put me back to my ground and say, you're <laughs> dumb, <laughs> but we, but you have to have those people. And of course I got my wife too, to tell me how bad I do everything. So, <laughs> so, but no, go ahead, Harry, before I get in trouble. <laughs> Hire a handbag. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we but will go to your place. I've just you just gave me a thought uh, when you were talking about Gucci and Prada, and perhaps going public in a few months. What's next? Is, is are there going to be be swanky um, sneakers, jogging pants? Uh, you know the label on ev- be swanky on everything. I, uh, seriously, because that's what happens when you go public. <laughs> Bell. Let well, me tell wait. you, my, my daughter bought a $300 belt in Gucci, my little one. And I was like, really? <laughs> so let me tell you, we're not going public. We're going to put it out for a capital raise for private investors. So that's what we're looking for now. And we are we keep developing products. They just keep happening. We just did a custom tote bag that I delivered to a woman today in Naples where we had never made tote bags. We have if I may say so, the most luxurious, functional, beautiful tote you can ever imagine. And that came from a collaboration here. We have the ideas of doing clutch purses. We have people asking us to make things. We have made rattlesnake bags for people from rattlesnakes they have caught. And so the sky's the limit. We just don't want to lose sight of our iconic handbag that we make that turns into a backpack that people love because it is so unique and so recognizable right now. Well, that's fantastic. You know, I, un- unfortunately today, a friend of mine, Rocky Gattatori died. He was, uh, he had, he had designed dresses for Lady Gaga and others. Oh my gosh. Uh, Filipino, but John Ablaza, uh, Paul Cabrell, friends of mine in the Philippines who are designers, John Ablaza came to Zimbabwe and he worked with local women. Uh, they had a fashion show. They made their own clothing. And we, Macy's took up two of them. And then they brought it to New York for a fashion show. Um, it was amazing to see, A, the dignity, these, how happy these women were to see their products um, in Zimbabwe, in the National Museum that was opened by the Queen Mother and Princess Margaret. Wow. It has paintings from all over the world, uh, truly, as Alex can tell you, it does. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking when I see that, um, have, you, have you marketed to women overseas? You know, there's such a, a, high, a group of high net worth women in every country, no matter how poor, they have high net worth women. And uh, 
in South Africa, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Carol, the Oprah of South Africa. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, and all of these American companies work with her, her Instagram account. You could, you'd, you'd be surprised. Well, South Africa is a very wealthy country for, for Africa, but, um, you, you would, uh, in Asia, especially, um, the, the, uh, in Asia, um, the label means everything. You saw the movie Crazy Rich Asians. That was not far <laughs> off. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, are you thinking of marketing overseas? Um, you know, Harry, it's interesting. First of all, what you said about the immense pride those women felt. That is something I didn't touch upon where the pride these women in our facility have is probably their number one motivating force right now. They take such pride and they carry the bags. They each get a bag a month. And I mean, they're carrying the most exquisite luxury bags and the pride they they have carrying them and having created them. So that's something interesting you touched upon that I didn't say that it, it is more important to them, the, the craft of the bag than even them being paid. And I, it, it fascinates me, um, the culture as well. Uh, as far as exporting, we're going to focus on the U.S. right now because exporting um, is challenging. I've met with the ports, and right now we're we're focused in you know the top probably. I, I don't want to the top one percent of people are probably purchasing our bags right now just because of the price point. And there are people that have not heard of us yet. There are people that have not seen our bags, and so we're trying to remarket to the people that already have the bags and have them be out there pulling in the new customers. It's, it's really organic what's happening. Our, our customers, they, they become participators in the brand where they are out there telling me, they send me emails. I hope you don't mind. I'm telling all my friends, I'm sending them emails. I'm not asking them to do that. They are so, there's an unparalleled connection they have with our brand, how the bags are made, how they feel when they're carrying them. So I think I want to go global big time. I would say in about a year. For the next year, we're focusing primarily on the U.S. Well, it's that is incredible. Are, are you, can please tell our listeners uh, where they can, uh, what's your website and social media, Instagram, so they can uh, look you up. Okay. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how wealthy some of them are. <laughs> um, the, the website is bswanky, B-S-W-A-N-K-Y.com. And the Instagram and social media is all bswanky, at bswanky. And, you know, it's interesting, Harry, though, we have an entry level where it's $600 and it's a handbag to a backpack. And we've never had anyone purchase a bag, use it and say, I don't want this bag. They start buying more and we do have afterpay and we have people that save up to buy the bag because it truly is an investment piece and it's something they use every day. Well, Alex is going to do that for Mother's Day. I can see that. It just (laughs) killed me now. It just killed me. He's saving up for Mother's Day now that you said it. (laughs) I I know that, man. Alex, uh, he is going to do that. Don't worry. Mithy will want one, too. <laughs> well, we forgot to, we're about to, we're about to end the, the episode in the segment. And we wanted to, does B-Swanky means 
is is this land? What does this B swanky means? Is it an acronym or uh, swanky means posh, elegant, and so the word swanky I had used one day, and someone said to me that would be a great name for a company, and I thought it's really a state of being, and so I said be swanky, and everyone loved it, and it's fun to say, and it really explains the culture in our building, the fun the liveliness, and the fact that it is really posh. Once you see and you touch, people that look online, they say they are blown away when they, when they actually open up the bag because we package it beautifully. It's gift-wrapped. It's a gift box. Beautiful because a woman's really giving herself that special gift. And it really is swanky. So it's a state of being. And with a state of being, Harry, take us out. Hey, Gretchen, thank you so much. Uh, you are inspiring. Uh, your, your life story, your corporate social responsibility, uh, your ability to make money in, a, in an enviable way. So uh, we look forward to touring your factory. I will come with Alex's family and not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. Well, we thank you, Gretchen. And if you want to have a uh, last word in, the, in our podcast, please go for it. Thank you so much, both of you. And I want to leave everyone with this thought that we aim to elevate women one iconic handbag at a time. And with that, it was the spotlight with Ambassador and the Chief. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for tuning into the spotlight with the ambassador and the chief. Be sure to join Chief Alex Morales and Ambassador Harry Thomas again on the Voice America Variety Channel.